We are Snap, we are tackling, we are potting here on Snap Tackle Pod. Welcome to the show. I'm Mick Schaefer of KSHB 41, my Oklahoma AM shirt, Cowboys in Central Michigan. What could, what could go wrong there? Dion Clisso, the uh, Missouri fan slash Virginia native. Uh, uh, Missouri native, Virginia fan. Missouri native. I went to Mizzou. Virginia went fan. to Mizzou. Yes. But and, I also follow and, uh, Virginia as well. Lord of all things, <laughs> Preps Casey. What's going on, man? Not too much. I guess I should have, you know, Mizzou's playing on Thursday. We're recording this on Wednesday. I should have worn my, my Mizzou shirt. Actually, post, my, yeah. my favorite Mizzou t-shirt is currently drying. So that's that's okay. what that is. <laughs> well, I've got a lot of teams to cheer for on Thursday. Oklahoma State, Missouri, and then Purdue, because the Boilermakers are wearing patches to honor on their um, decals, rather, on their helmet to honor Lynn Dawson. That's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. Uh, I went to the game last week and uh, was at 47th and Raytown Road at 618 and got into the game about 730 uh thanks to a wreck in a stall car missed the choir formation uh and almost maybe kind of glad i didn't because that that i mean that was kind of a cool thing the at the stadium, game on 16. didn't quite know what was going on that's what i heard yeah yeah and so in the press box which is way out there we struggled for a while to realize what's going on why is Mahomes running out there they're running off um and so on the broadcast obviously they narrated it and um you know gave it some depth I- I will go ahead and big time you here that where I saw the game when I was there was maybe the best seat in the house. So where uh, was that? Thank, oh, that's thanks right. To Gary, the, thanks to Gary. Thanks to Gary Spaney at the chiefs. Yeah. Uh, we, we are the, we help select the chiefs coach of the week each week. And, and uh, thanks to mm-hmm. Gary uh, last minute on Wednesday, he called and asked if I'd like to sit in the Clark Hunt suite. And I said, sure. So Cole Young and I went uh, the food was fantastic. Everyone was very nice. Um, and I appreciate that honor. Um, they, that's the, the, done a couple of different things with them because of our relationship been on the field a few times. They did a great thing with the Simone award finalists a few years ago on a Thursday night game that just worked out. They took all the finalists out the, out to the game. And mm-hmm. that was a great thing. So the chiefs, you know, really involved and, and appreciate that. And, and that is a good vantage point. Uh, if you can get it, yeah. that's on the old press box level back in the day when they, before they shot the press a box. Lot lower, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, that's cool. And that's awesome. Hey, it pays to be the, uh, the the czar of high school sports in Kansas City and answer your phone at the right time too. That's probably exactly. you know I'm not going to kid myself. I'm gonna I'm, I, I appreciate the honor, but I'm I'm sure that uh, I was far down on the list <laughs> when it came to it. Uh, uh, but like I said, I, I everyone was very nice. Uh, Rita Hunt was that Lamar Hunt Jr.'s wife. As nice as could be. Um, yeah. And and we, we talked high school football with people in the suite as well. So that was kind of fun too. Yeah. So that was that was a good time. Yeah, they actually honored uh, my son's team last year after winning state championship. They got to be on the field, honored yeah. at halftime. They were there, you know, in the late second quarter leading up to halftime, taking video of Patrick Mahomes running out of bounds. <laughs> it, was a, it was a memory they'll have uh, for the rest of their lives. So we appreciate the Chiefs and their uh, their cooperation and their support of uh, high school football here in Kansas City. All right, that's what we're here to talk here on yep. Snap Tackle Pod. It is week one of uh, high school football in Kansas, week two in Missouri. Let's look back here first, uh, Dion. What happened in that Liberty North, Lee Summit North game? I guess um, a lot of times defense is ahead of offense this time of year in the first week in the season. And I guess it certainly wasn't that game. Yeah, that game was pretty well dominated by Liberty North. It was 14 nothing, I think, at halftime. 17 nothing until late in the fourth quarter, and, and Lee Seven North got a score there. A couple factors at play here. You return nine of 11 off of one of the best defenses in the city, including the Buck Buchanan Award winner, who's as recruited as anybody. And you're probably talking on that defense. There's probably seven or eight college football players. You know, even in class six, you aren't guaranteed having five, right. six, seven, eight college football players, let alone maybe 
three or four D1 and maybe a power five top 50 recruit in the country type thing either. Uh, and yeah, defense is a little ahead of offense. And I think people, at least on the North, knew that they were going to be a team that uh, was going to struggle offensively a little bit. They're breaking in two new quarterbacks. Uh, you know, they've got a good running game, and that's, you know, I think what they'll probably do. But I think if, if they, if a team knows, if a team like Liberty North that's that loaded on defense knows you may be not one dimensional, but your, your passing game may be a work in progress to start the season, it makes the, Makes it tough to get some offense going. Yeah, but that was the narrative for Lee Summit North coming in. It was all the college talent they had there. Not just college yeah. talent, but D1 FBS talent. Not one, not two, not three, not four, but more than that. And, uh, yeah, Liberty North just kind of uh, shut them down. You mentioned the late score late in the game. Does that change your mind on things? It's early. It's week one. These two teams could very well meet up again in the playoffs, but is, is Liberty North is, I don't know what, I can't remember who you thought was the team to beat going in. Is, is it the Eagles? You know, I said, I said, at least North is probably the most talented team. I, I picked Liberty North in week one. I just thought it was a better, you know, better matchup, veteran quarterback on Liberty North, veteran defense. I mean, just early season type thing. I don't know if they meet like that again, uh, which it will be in the state championship game. They are on the opposite side of the brackets uh, again. So uh, except uh, Liberty North would have to get through CBC if they were to come out of their own bracket. I mean, let's mm-hmm. not, uh, Forget they've got, you know, teams like Rockhurst and, uh, you know, in their bracket as well. Uh, and same for Lee Summit North. Ray Peck's really good. Um, so that's – and Nixa. Nixa is in their district. Don't keep an eye on Nixa. So there's no guarantees those two, two, two teams automatically pop out of their districts. But if they did, they would be on the opposite side of the bracket again this year. Ray Peck and Rockhurst was another marquee game last week. And I guess in opposite fashion, the offense won out for the most part in that game. Ray Peck gets the victory. Um, did that surprise you at all? No, I thought, I, well, I got, I bought into Kelly Donahoe because he seemed really confident and they were leading that game. So I felt pretty good about that in the third quarter, but Ray Peck's offense, which is as good as anybody's, you know, one out in that game. And I think those are two really good teams uh, that are good enough to go deep, you know, be in district championship games, uh, you know, if not beyond that. Um, I'm curious to see Rockers this week against an upstart Blue Spring South. that got their first win uh, since 2020. Um, and then also I, Ray so Peck against winless last year, they were winless last year, Ray Peck against Park Hill, Park Hill scored a ton of points uh, against Columbia battle. We'll see. I mean, Ray Peck, I mean, coach Sean Martin said our defense, we're going to have to outscore some people early on because we like what we have on defense, but it's an experience and we're still putting it together. It's going to take a while to come together because, but we know we can score. So, you know, expect to see, I don't know how many points can be scored this week with Ray Peck and Park Hill. It's going to be crazy, yeah. but, um, Another close game between Rockers and Ray Peck. I, I think every single one of their games they played last three year are seven points or less, one score, and and scored late fourth quarter. The, the score in the fourth quarter has won it. Um, those two teams are pretty evenly matched. I think Rockers can be pretty good uh, down the line. And not, don't forget, this is a junior laden team. Mm-hmm. They'll be a lot better now at the end of the season. Than they are now, and they will be really good come next year. Um, you know what kind of flew under the radar last week when we were previewing these games? We kind of focused on those two big marquee Class Six matchups was maybe the two best teams in class five on this side and Fort Osage and Grain Valley. They hooked up again in a rematch of a playoff game last year, in which Fort Osage won. Fort Osage pulls away, gets the uh, victory again this time. Yeah. Kind of sloppy game. <laughs> Both of them turned the ball over a few times. Uh, I, I don't think they're going to send that game to the hall of fame by any means. That's August football. Uh, it's a lot of August football. August yeah. Football. You, you, you try it like Jeff Myers, the old East coach said, Nobody wins week one. You just don't lose. Uh, <laughs> and so, and so That's my I, I got to watch right there. Yeah. It's it, it. I got to watch a decent amount of that game. 
Uh, and Fort Osage looks really good. Uh, I think Grand Valley is a good team. I think they're, they're going to be there down the line. But uh, Fort looks like they – I mean, uh, they're coming in ranked number two in class five now, and and I think that says exactly where they are. I mean, I think there are two or three. I can't remember the web cities in there too. Um, but I, I think Fort Osage is really good. They're physical. They're fast. They're big. They've got size. They've got a veteran quarterback. They've got a playmaker. They've got a couple other playmakers who made plays in that game outside of Lorenzo Fenner. Um, so, yeah, they, they, I'm sure they've got some things they want to clean up. they got Carney this week, uh, and that'll be a, a good test for – definitely for Carney. They're going to have to – you know, Platte County is not down, but they're not, you know – I don't know if they're state championship game caliber this year. They're, they, they're little, you know, new, new offensive players, uh, a little younger team. Carney got a good one at, that, at Platte County last week in overtime. 21-14, and, and for Plaque, for Carney, that's just a, you know, week one wins are not that important, but when you haven't beat your rival for three straight years, mm-hmm. it becomes important, much like Blue Springs South. Hadn't won a game since 2020. That one win is as important as any other wins they'll have this year just because of what it does for that team. All right, so the Missouri classifications are out, districts, classes, all that stuff, which is good. I mean, it's the season. Yeah. Uh, about time. Um, 7 a.m. on Friday morning. That was when, uh, that's when it went up. Yeah. Any twists, any turns, any curveballs thrown there at the end? Staley up. So every every team in the gold and the silver is now a class 16, uh, which is, I think, kind of where people thought they were going. Center up um, to class like four. Up to four. Yeah. Um, which makes their their situation a little tougher. Um, yeah. That being said, they're they're athletically as talented as anybody. I saw um, in the summer they are they're dripping with talent all over. Yes, skill position. So the uh, they'll get a good test this week with Lincoln Prep. Um, that's going to be a, a great game. Um, but no, um, those are the two biggest ones. And uh, nobody, nobody from five kind of stayed the same outside of Staley going up. Uh, four up. I mean, if you look, if you look at just, I mean, if you're looking outside, Saint Joe Lafayette went down to three. So now. The St. Joe schools, the St. Joe Central is a five, and and Lafayette and Benton are both in class three. And now I don't know how many people follow the situation in St. Joe, but there has been long talk of what they're going to do because those two high schools are shrinking. Yeah. Um, you know, there was there was discussion at one point of shutting them all three down, building a massive brand new school, and just having St. Joseph High School, which would make it which the three, biggest which school. Which three are you state. talking about? St. Joe Lafayette, St. Joe Benton, and St. Joe Central, all the St. Joe Joseph all three. School okay, yeah. Wow. There was talk of that. That got voted down. They, they couldn't get any steam on that. It'd be like a class but, seven school, wouldn't it? I mean, well, it would be. It would be. It would easily be the biggest school in the state. Um, and then there was talk of closing. You know, one of them down. You know, merging. The problem is, is that the two smaller schools are Lafayette and Benton. Yeah. Lafayette's on the north side of town. Benton's on the south side of town, and Central's in the middle. So if you shut one of them down, it's commutes. It's it's major redistricting. So. We'll go in that a different time later, but uh, that, that that Lafayette coming down to three was uh, different. Um, and that's kind of the, those are the biggest ones. I mean, you had like University Academy went up to three, but they they co-opted with the Kaufman School. And plus they had a, a district bonus from last year. Um, so they were going to probably go up to two anyway. And then they had the kids in. So they go up to three. Um, some of Christian stays in three. Um, St. Michael's, I think they've been in two. They stay in two. So on the smaller school level, things things were pretty much the same, but Staley going up to six is the biggest thing, which for Staley, you're like, well, the only thing that, that hurts Staley is now they don't get any bonus points. Like when they beat Blue Springs, they would have got bonus yeah. points. Now they don't get any for their districts. So. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Hey, that's <laughs> doesn't matter now. It's your size right there. Um, all right, let's get to it. The three next big three games of the week. We'll stay on the Missouri side here and then introduce Kansas football season. Uh, you mentioned Lincoln prep. 
and center. That that is yes. Just, we have class yes. three and class four there, correct? Uh, class four, class four. Lincoln Preps class four. Lincoln um, Preps class four. Okay. Yeah. So uh, last year they played in the regular season. No, they were both class. Were they both class three last year. They may have been go, both class three. And they both may have I gone they were up. Both class three last year. Yeah. yeah. So they they both okay. Lincoln Prep went up too. So they're both class four. Uh, could see each other again in the same district. Uh, this is a great city. You know what? Game. Actually, no, they were Missouri class four last year. They were Lincoln last. Prep okay. Was. They, they've been class four for for a while. That's what I thought. They played in the regular season, and that and then they decided we're going to try and do this every year. It's, it's one of those games yeah. they scheduled. Uh, it's it's a great game for the city. It's the deepest quad more uh, Metro matchup game of the week. Um, so we'll have complete coverage of that along with you guys on, on 41. And um, it's going to be a great, they do a tailgate. It's a great, it's a great event. Um, and it's a great, it's a fantastic game. Uh, the, the, they play pretty much in everything else. And they decided last year, Hey, we need to start playing in football. So yeah, about time. <laughs> it's a, it's a huge rivalry and everything else. I mean, a huge rivalry. So um, that, that should be a good one. I, I think you're gonna see a lot of talent display. You know, John Price isn't Lincoln Prep anymore, but you know they they went and hung 60 on a Cameron team. I thought would be a little better. Um, and then you know, center hung 60 on St. Joe Lafayette. Yeah. <laughs> so they're both coming off big wins. Um, the you know you you talk about depth. Maybe Lincoln Prep has a little bit more depth, but not a ton. So both their start, all their starters are gonna play all games, <laughs> no matter what the score is. So it's gonna be mono a mono all game long. Yeah. Um. Carney at Fort Osage. We didn't mention the Bulldogs. They go into the Lions' den um, and take care of Platte County yep. last week. A good win in overtime on the road. Yeah, like I said earlier, you're going to find out a lot about Carney this week. Uh, Platte County, um, like I said, is not quite as good as they've been. Uh, Fort Osage. This is Fort Osage. Is this is a game that they have in the past? They've they've, they've played each other often on over you know in the last decade. Um, they kind of went back and forth uh with the results in that game and uh, Fort Osage is definitely the heavy favorite here but you're going to find uh, Logan Minnick likes his team at Kearney um and he's going to find out exactly where they stand it's a great game week two for his team coming off a good win uh going and playing it's you know you don't have to you know you're not going to play in somebody that you should be coming off a big overtime win emotional you have to I mean you have to strap it back up they had to, they had to come in Saturday morning and start watching film on Fort Osage because Fort yeah. Osage is really good. Well, how about this? The, 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 the first three games of the season at Platte County, at Fort Osage, finally you get a home game. You'd have a breather, right? No, it's Smithville, Smithville coming down. <laughs> no, they made sure that Cardi, Smithville, and Platte County all played each other <laughs> in the first few weeks because Platte County's playing Smithville this week. And so yeah. they, they said, okay, we, we can't break those up. And, and with the, the conference alignment, with Platte County being up, they said, well, we got to get the Platte County game in there in the non-con. So they all play each other the first three weeks. So they're all just kind of doing a round robin? Yes, that, that's one thing they kept. The, the Suburban Conference did not break those three up so where they wouldn't, uh, you know, I, I used to think the Platte county um, Cardi rivalry was huge. And then as Smithville's gotten better, I don't I don't know. Somebody told me that the only thing Platte county and Kearney agree on is how much they don't like Smithville. Um, <laughs> so, and now Smithville's been really good. So, I mean, the, the thing about it is, is they all have, they all, especially in football in the last decade, they all have, played for or won a state championship. Yeah. And so they're all really good. And that makes it good. And and however you think heated the football rivalry is I I dare you to go down to state wrestling one year go to, to the wrestling. class three man oh in the God. corner. Don't go in the stands oh. in that little corner because it's it's yeah. nasty. Or do because it's great and it's some of the best. Yes, it's all oh, I called the mat the, the, the class that, three mat one year and it was great. There were so many great matches on that mat. Uh and and but the you could hear those fans behind you, man. They were yeah. It was it was on between those yeah. three schools. 
All right, Liberty North, if you're going to be the uh, top team in Kansas City, we're going to keep an eye on you, and it's going to be hard to ignore them with that schedule week in, week out, and you can't ignore Liberty North and Liberty this week. Blue Jays got a big win last week, too. Yeah, 30 to nothing over Lee Summit West. Uh, coming in, Coach Fergon said he thought his defense was going to be really good. I think they had, you know, they had eight or so starters back on that group, just like Liberty um, North does on their side. And so uh, I think that's what you're going to see here, two tough defensive teams uh, going at it. And and I think, you know, Liberty, Lee Summit West is down. They're not as good as they've been. But Liberty went in and stepped on them. And that's, I mean, that says a lot about where Liberty is a program because they they have gone from being, you know, they'd struggled there for a while when they came back up to six after the split um, and were, you know, three or four win team. But they have been a six, seven, eight win team, uh, have won a conference title, uh, have have done those things, have, have you know, got to a district, several district finals. So uh, that's a squad that really, and a program that really is established and, and, and really good. And of course, Liberty North, we know what they're doing. So that game and this game has been close a few times last few times they played it it's it's crazy it's fun uh and that's a great rivalry game early in the season to get another non-con because they're not in the same conference yeah i mean look last year they they were eight and four and three of their losses two were against liberty north one was against leaf summit north the other was right yeah. so yeah. i mean that's <laughs> literally could be a top five team in the state right there yes you yes it. It, you could you could put liberty's one of those teams that if we bracketed out some of the top teams in the suburban conference in, in class six and we spread them out you could easily see Liberty in a Final Four or at least a quarterfinal, yeah, because they're good enough to get there. They're they're a top ten team playing in a league where they're maybe you know in, a, in the top half. You count suburban gold and silver together playing yeah. where they're maybe the fourth or fifth best team. All right, let's get to it here. Um, Kansas side, ring the bell. Welcome to football this season, Kansas, and they're they're hitting the ground running, man. You got Blue Valley Northwest at St. James, uh, one of your Remax Big Three games of the week. It's the 6A state champs against the 4A state champs. Obviously, they're in the same league, but they are hitting each other right there in week one. Yeah, you know, the, the Simone winner and the Fontana winner are gone. They're both gone. One, one's both still gone. playing high school football, but in Louisiana. <laughs> yes, Jackson House went with his dad. His dad's the defense coordinator at LSU, so he's at, I think, the Denham School, I think. Denham, like D-E-N-H-A-M, yeah. I think, or not Durham. I think it's Denham. I, I, he He'd like the tweet I did yesterday, so I was trying to see where he was at at school. Yeah. Great kid, by the way, Jackson House. A lot of fun to talk to. Wish he was still here, but uh, congratulations on his dad getting that job. But, you know, Mike and Pauly's gone. But, you know, Blue Valley Northwest, it, and I was, out the, I was out of both places first day of practice. It's funny. When a team wins a state title in, in, in the big class, unless it's just one magical group that goes through, if, the, if that team is truly building a program, you see it the next year when you walk out there. Blue, Blue Valley Northwest got some dudes. There's a reason why they they mopped up Derby. Yeah, and, I mean, and look, they graduated physical Derby. starters, but they have expectations to be right back there yes. this year. It, yeah. Yes, it's it, more than just one class there. It's the thing. Uh, the thing that th that got me watching Blue Valley Northwest when they first got there when Clint Greider got there. I followed him on Twitter, and and he is a a good follow because he gives a, a, a really good look into what things are going on, not just with the football team. He, he runs the weight room with all sports of Blue Valley Northwest, how the female sports are doing, how the, how the, you know, non-football sports are doing in the weight room, things they're doing, achievements they make. And you could see as those achievements were being made in the weight room, Blue Valley Northwest get better. And that's why in year five, he's got some dudes <laughs> or year six, he's got Great some dudes. Running back, uh, outstanding. Yes. Uh, they've got a the, uh, the kid, uh, I'll remember his name in a second, who's an offensive lineman, a tight end. Yes, I interviewed him. Lineman. Yes, I interviewed him, and he's big, physical-looking kid. I mean, he's 
Yeah. I mean, he looks like a, a guy who's a, a big time football player and, and uh, now they've got a really good team. in college, but they got him in the old line for the most yes. part uh, in high school. And then you flip over to St. James and, you know, they got Wade Spencer back at defensive end yeah. who's a fantastic player. Um, in our Simone watch this week, we talk about Buchanan and, um, and uh, the Buchanan and the bell guys. Bell, and Wade yeah. Spencer's definitely a guy there. And, and, you know, there's a, there's a, with the exception well, Jackson house is gone. A lot of juniors on that St. James team last year to won the state championship. Tyler Claiborne's gone. Um, the Neeson's little linebacker. Receiver. Uh, Neeson is back. Outstanding. Talk about three sport athletes. I got, to, I got to cover that guy in all three sports. I did a basketball game. I saw his foot. So foot covering football, did a basketball game. I saw him in track and he is great in all those, uh, you know, they've got it. And they, they really like the quarterback they have. And I, you know, I think the statement was made that if they, I think he's a junior, um and i'll, I'll i'm going to clarify all that because, sammy's little brother yeah um and and if he was the if there was no jackson house if he did not exist he probably would have started last year as he a played some last year early on yeah, yes. because his Radke, tom radke will tell you the fontana award winner wasn't playing like one those first four games jackson yes. house wasn't jackson house he caught momentum and played great towards the end of the season obviously led him to a state title but it was kind of a maybe a little two quarterback system there for a bit yeah, and Wheeler, Wheeler is, I mean, Reg, he's like, he goes, we feel pretty good. He goes, we miss Jackson. We'd love to have Jackson. We feel feel pretty yeah. good with the guy they got. Yeah. All right, quickly, I've got about five more minutes left in the show. DeSoto at Lansing. Why is that one your big three? Well, you know, uh, Rick Pollard moves over to Lansing. Uh, Lansing was an improving program the last few years under um, Dylan Brown. He moves over now. He's offensive coordinator, I think, at Lawrence. Um, DeSoto is always good. Um you know, Brian King does a great job with that program. They, they graduate some good players again, but they always just seem to kind of reload. I don't know what it is about that school district. They've got plenty of football players. I mean, like I tell you, <laughs> the athletes out here. Yes. Yes. And and so Lansing, I think is a, is a spot that is, uh, had been getting better. And, you know, Rick Pollard did a really good job over at Piper. He moves over to Lansing. Did not know this until last week. He lives in Lansing, has lived in Lansing for 15 years. That's convenient. It's, it's like a homecoming for him. He's coaching his kid. He's like, he goes, now when I go to the corner store, I get to talk about the actual football team I coach because people, I'm in red now instead of purple and they don't look at me funny. So it was kind of funny. I did not know he lived in Lansing and he's kind of a Lansing guy. So he's lived there for 15 years. So this is a, I think a, a passion for him. Not that Piper wasn't, but you know, when you're coaching your own kid and and, and that, that kind of thing, it's, it's always a great situation. Tonganoxie and Baser Linwood. Um, what do you, you think? You can kind of lock this one in for. Can Tongi bounce back? Uh, you know, I think they will. Uh, you know, they're Tongi's a lot like a lot of smaller class four A schools. They're they're class driven. You know, like group of kids driven. Um, the one thing about it is Al Troyer, a great coach, retired the end of the year. His son Preston takes over. Well, they, uh, so the, two years ago, didn't they have like two Simone Award winners? They had the they had the Fontana and the uh, and the Bell. The Bell. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know they've. They have got, you know, they, what they what they do is in the years when they don't have a lot of talent, they're still really tough to beat. And the mm -hmm. years when they do have a lot of talent, they beat you. Mm -hmm. um, and and this game has been the first game of the season for the last five seasons, uh, which started in the, when they were in the Call Valley together. And even when they went to the, uh, the UKC, Baser kept that game. They're like, we want to keep this game, and it kicks off the season. They've split two and two the last four years, so it, it's definitely it's kind of one of my favorite games, and I have to. I have to admit that it's an easy big three for me every year the first mm -hmm. week of the season, just because I like those two towns. And um, 
I like that those two programs and and they're always they always put out good football teams and of course Rod Stallbomber does a fantastic job at Baser. And I, you know, I, that we're gonna I'm gonna interview my radio show and my question is gonna be okay, what kind of kids you got this year? Because that's what yeah. your offense is gonna look like. He is one of the best at. Well, I got a bunch of big guys and a running back. We're gonna run the ball. I got a bunch <laughs> right. of receivers and a quarterback. We're gonna throw it 40 times a game. You know, our defense is good. We're gonna win low scores. Our defense is not good. We're gonna outscore you. <laughs> <laughs> So he's he's a, he does a great job there. So that's just a fun game to watch. A couple of uh, maybe honorable mention big uh, three games of the week over on the Kansas side. You have Blue Valley West and St. Thomas Aquinas. I really uh, like Yeah, the- that was a tough call right there. That's a good uh, one right Aquinas there. Aquinas drops down to 4A, but look, they're still going to be one of the more, you know, talented teams in the EKL, which means one of the more talented teams in Kansas. I love that one. And uh, maybe sneaky good one here. Olathe West, really good quarterback going to Lawrence Free State. who had a great season last year. They lose a lot, but a good program there. Uh, sneaky good game on the from the Sunflower League. Yeah, no doubt. I, I think Olathe West is a team to watch. Uh, Free State they do a, a good job of, of replacing what they've got and 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 seem to they had the one bad year. You know, COVID that first COVID year they didn't win a game that seemed like it didn't even happen because last year they came back and were you know right back to being Free State six seven wins a year. So that's a good one. And Blue Valley West, I'll tell you right now, they they look like a team that could go to state championship game. Sage Huffman, their outstanding tailback, just a junior. And of course, Sean Carroll on the Aquinas side. So two really good tailbacks in that game. Yeah. And then I, I believe Matt Nagy's son is fighting for the quarterback job or may or may not be, but he's going to be on the field for, for Blue Valley West as the Nagy's are back. Oh, that's, 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 I'll have to keep an eye on that one too. So that's a, so you get that Chiefs trickle down that I, you know, I, my own, like I said, I, last time I was at the Chiefs was, you know, I didn't have that conversation where I was at. So you, you guys get a little more scuttlebutt than I do. At Jackson house long before you did. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, the funny thing was he was going to stay and then, and then he, they decided to go ahead. Well, and he go, was back so. there at the mill Valley seven on seven, hanging out with his buddies uh, over the summer. But yeah, he is down there in uh, Louisiana another oh Thursday night game. Uh, Olathe the South. Who's yes. Good. They've got some Ron Litchfield and then yeah. they, they go, they play uh, Lawrence. So that'll be a good one. No, that's a great Thursday night game. There's also a Thursday night game on the Missouri side. The University Academy is playing St. Mary's Academy. St. Mary's. Yeah. Not Colgan, not St. Mary's, St. Mary's Academy. Trust me, I had to dig that one up to find the logo. Um, and it's a Thursday, like, afternoon game. Because oh, they don't really? have lights at University yeah. Academy. So I think they're starting at, like, four. So they can get the game in good. before the sun goes down. So a uh, good game for them as uh, they were kind of – double scheduled there and had an opening and, and that's a Thursday game there. So yeah. Uh, yeah, there's, and then there's Topeka schools that are playing on Thursday. I know that, that we, we don't talk about to now, right? Cause they're yes, in the league yes. with our teams. Yes. They're playing a Thursday game. Cause they, the uh, Highland park West and uh, share Hummer. Okay. Um, so they have to play some Thursday games there. And um, so no, and, and one of these days I will get to Hummer sports complex. I hear it's a fantastic place to watch a football game. I uh, just have not made it out. to been there for like 20 years though. Well, <laughs> All right, Dion, thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it. Thanks to you for watching as well. We took Snap Tackle Pod is in the books. Have fun on Friday night. We'll see you.